pleasure not only sitting under the ministry of Dr. Manley, but uh, sitting under the ministry of uh, Dr. Hancock and his wife Gloria as well. Um, for those of you that were here last Sunday, uh, you will remember that I gave credit to one of my preaching profs for the kind of the thought that prompted the message that I gave to you. I, some of you, I don't, I'm not much of an egotist to think that you remember all of my messages each week, but uh, Dr. Callis, I told you last week, uh, kind of prompted that big idea for me last week. And I have to be honest to be able to say that um, many sermons that you have heard from me have in one way or another been prompted by uh, Stephen Manley and something that I heard him say either live or used to be on all those old cassette tapes and uh, now on CDs. First time I ever heard Dr. Manley, I think, was in 1999 at the Georgia District Camp meeting among all the gnats and the flies down there. It's hard to believe the Holy Spirit can move down there, isn't it? But uh, I have personally, through my own personal Christian life, and through my preaching life, have reaped great benefits from Dr. Manley's uh, preaching. And I don't take um, lightly who I choose to bring to you by way of evangelist. So uh, once again, it's my great privilege, I think for the fourth time now since I've been your pastor, to be able to uh, bring to you Dr. Stephen Manley. Would you welcome him to Xenia, please? Yes, sir. Cassettes. Used to do wire recordings, too, and megaphone. But <laughs> yeah. want you to turn with me to uh, Matthew chapter 16. We're, this is a great time of year, isn't it? We're just ready to move into the Passion Week and Good Friday and Easter Sunday morning and uh, turning our thoughts, of course, to the uh, cross and all that's taking place there. And in the first service... Um, Obviously, you probably weren't there, but in the first service, we kind of laid the groundwork for what we want to do this week and what we'll be doing tonight, and so if you don't like what we're doing this morning, you don't want to come back, <laughs> but uh, uh, we're kind of laying the groundwork for it and going to build on that, and I wanted to take what we did in the first service and, and give that to you, plus, uh, since you're a more intelligent crowd, uh, <laughs> You're going to tell them, aren't you? <laughs> uh, and we're going to build on that and, and blossom that out a bit of what we dealt with this morning in the first service. So you, you won't have missed anything uh, by not being in that service, but we'll give you that and kind of um, uh, work on it a little bit as well. But Matthew is doing a phenomenal thing in his writings because he's writing to the Jews to convince them that Jesus was and is the kingly Messiah. And... It's a little strange because you would think if you were wanting to convince a group of people that this man called Jesus is the kingly Messiah, that you would immediately hide or downplay or even belittle or make little of the whole business of the cross. Because the cross is an embarrassment, the cross is shame, the cross is, oops, didn't make it, the cross is, well, that didn't work out too well. It's all of that kind of stuff. And yet he uses half of his chapters and focuses half of his chapters on the cross itself as if this is victory and as if God planned this and as if this is the way it's supposed to go and as if this is, this is victory. And so the whole deal for him 
is that this cross and what this cross is all about is the heart of what's going on in the gospel and the heart of what the Messiah is all about. And by the time you come to chapter 16, if we've got the timing right, we're into the last six months of the ministry of Jesus. And he's gathering his disciples together and he's just had it up to here with the crowds. He's tired of the touch my flesh, make me feel better kind of thing. They're not committed. They really don't want to get in on this. And he sees that. They just want to use him. And hey, this is not, Christianity is not a user mentality. So if you're into that, you don't want to be Christian. So if you just want to get something out of God, if you're looking for a free ticket to the sky, by and by, hey, this is not for you. Christianity's not for you. So he's sick of the crowds, and they want to make him king, but they want to make him king because he gives them free meals and they never get sick. So it's that kind of a deal. And he says, hey, I've had it with that. And he turns to his disciples, and he takes them out of, uh, out of Judea, out of Palestine, into Gentile territory. And he's never done that before. This is the first time, and it actually begins in chapter 15, moves into chapter 16. So this is the first time he's done that. And it appears that what Jesus is saying is, hey, we're, we're, we're coming down to the last six months. He has a full, a full awareness of where he's going, of what's going to take place. And he says, i got to train you guys. i got to get through to you. i got to prepare you uh, for what's going to happen. Because, hey, guys, things are not going to go along as they've always gone along. This thing is going to blow up in your face, and you're going to, whoa, you're not going to be ready, and it's going to be... I got to get you ready. I got to prepare you for this. And things are not going to be as they've always been. And I would say that to you this morning. Things are not going to be, oh, things are good. Hey, my family's doing well. Things are not going to be as they've always been. This is going to blow up in your face, people. And we got to get you ready for this. And Jesus is saying, disciples, I'm going to spend the last six months of my, my life just, just preparing you, just drilling you, just getting you ready. And he moves them into Gentile territory for the purpose of focusing on them. And this actually takes place in chapter 16, verse 13. And you'll note they came into Caesarea Philippi. And Jesus turns to them, and, and, and he's a bit nervous, I suppose, about the whole thing. Because they've had on-the-job training for two and a half years, and they've never had a test. So they begin to, they've been going to school, and there's never been a test. So here comes the test, and it's essay, not multiple choice. So, whoa. This is serious, you know. And he, and, he, and he nervously probably moves into it cautiously saying, Hey, I, I want to ask you, uh, who do people say that I am? Uh, and that, of course, is given to you in verse 13. Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And, of course, they go through the routine of the grapevine, the, the rumors, the, what the crowds are saying. Uh, some say you're Elijah. Uh, you're John the Baptist, you're the Elijah guy, you're the forerunner, you're Jeremiah, you're, you're one of the prophets, you're, and those all have a history around them of what they thought that would be. And then Jesus must have paused and looked them right in the eye and said, hey, I didn't what I really wanted to know. Here's what I really want to know. And he turns in verse 15, but who do you say that I am? And there's a strong emphasis on the you. It's given there twice, so it's you yourself. Who do you yourself? Hey, I'm talking to you. Who do you say that I am? Now, again, I've approached that from a, an evangelistic position. In other words, that's a, 
That's a key evangelistic message for unsaved, for street people, for you're preaching on a street corner kind of thing. I mean, we don't, we don't need this. Because we're, hey, we, we all know who he is. Come on. Hey, we, we've been to Sunday school. We know Jesus loves me. This We got that down. They don't let me sing during this service, so this is my opportunity. See, you, you, you know, so we don't even, this is not for us. This is an evangelistic approach, but it's really interesting then that in the context, he is asking these questions, this question to 12 board members. See, he's looking him right in the eye and saying, hey, you're, you're the guys, you're the ushers, you're the guys that have been there, you're the bouncers for the crowd, you handed out the food when I multiplied it, you, you were there to, to bring the people to me, you, 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 you're, you're my guys. And if there's anybody anywhere who's in on this, it's you guys. But I got to ask you, man, who do you say that I am? And of course, Peter came through. You're the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus goes, whoo, thank you, Jesus. This is good. You came through. You, 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 you believe I'm the Christ, the Son of the living God. Well, yes, we believe that forevermore. We've left our families. We, I gave up my fishing business, Peter would have said, and, and traveled around all over the countryside, lived out of Days Inn and, and ate at McDonald's and went through all of this. Good night. I could have been home with my family. I could have had been a million dollar, uh, a millionaire by this time and retired over my fishing business and gave up my fishing rights and, and, and put my nets aside. They're rotten by this, rotten by this time. And, and I gave all that up to follow. So, hey, yes, I believe you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. In fact, Peter would have said something like this, no doubt. I mean, I'm even embarrassed that you would even ask. I mean, what do we have to do to tell you that we really believe this? We've followed you for two and a half years. All the rest of the crowds have often gone away, but we've been faithful. We've stuck in there. Rich young ruler, he came and he went off, but hey, we're here. So what's the deal? Come on. We believe you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. Don't want you to bring the subject up again. Don't need to question it anymore. So I want you to take that subject. Who are you? You're the Christ, the Son of the living God, and we're pushing that over here by itself. That's settled. We're not discussing that anymore. And then Jesus brings up this, this, strange, this strange statement at the end of all of that. Verse 20. He commanded his disciples... That they should tell no one that he was the Jesus the Christ. That's a little weird, isn't it? But Matthew does that again and again and again. Has Jesus doing that again and again in, in the Gospels. You would think Jesus would have said, hey, go out and tell everybody. Spread the news. Woo. He said, no, keep still. And as you get into those, those times when when Jesus says, hey, keep a lid on this. Don't tell anybody. Which show up often. It's always because they didn't get it. And you can imagine, Jesus is saying, guys, keep still about this. You're the Christ, the Son of the living God. Oh, good. You believe that? Yes, we believe that. We don't need to discuss that. Okay. But guys, don't tell anybody. Because I can imagine the kind of sermons you develop on this. I can imagine what you would say about this. 
Because when it comes right down to the bottom line of this thing, you don't have a clue of what that means. You don't have a clue of the content. See, you believe I'm the Christ, the Son of the Living. Well, yes, we do. But you don't know, you don't know content. You don't know what that means. You don't know how that fleshes out. You don't know how that lives. You don't know how that flows. You don't know the aroma of that. But we believe you're the... I know. We quote the great, yeah. I'm Christian, yeah. But what I got to do is I got to get a hold of you. And I got I to gotta bring you in to the, to the core, to the, to the heartbeat, to the thought process, to the style, to the, to the method, to the flow of what that is. And for the first time, there are three of these, but this is the first one. In verse 22, that is in verse 21, from that time, Jesus began to show to his disciples he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elder chief priests, scribes, and be killed and be raised the third day. And this is the first prediction of his death, his resurrection, right here. He's bringing up the subject of the cross. And you don't have to be a Greek scholar to figure this one out. Look at the beginning of verse 21. From that time, from that time, beginning right here, Jesus began to show so something is starting here that's going to act like an avalanche. Just whoa. It's like Jesus is pulling a plug and it's just. And from this point on, this is the subject. Here's where he's going. Here's what he's going to talk about. Here's the subject of every class. Here's the deal of every sermon. Here's what he's going to be on to. Here he is constantly going to be drilling his disciples. It doesn't matter what they bring up. He's going to bring them back to this. And what I found out was when you move into chapter 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, on to the end of this book, this is the only subject Jesus will discuss. And everything they bring up, he brings back to this one single thing. Guys, I'm a bleeding, suffering, dying Messiah. Guys, the content of being the Christ, the Son of the living God. It's not hotshot programs. It's not big show. It's not miracles. What the core of this, guys, is I'm going to lose my life. I'm giving myself up. I'm dying to myself. I'm, I'm, I'm going to bleed, suffer, and die. I'm a bleeding, suffering, dying Messiah. Guys, we're going to redeem the world. How are we going to do that? Quartets from Nashville. No, we're not. No, no, we're not going to win the world with quartets. Well, how are we going to win the world? Slick evangelists. No. How, how are we going to win the world? Oh, we're going to bleed, suffer, and die. How are we going to win our world? New carpet. No. New front. No. New foyer. No. How are we going to win our world? Bleed, suffer, and die. We, the body of Christ, are going to roll up our sleeves, and we're going to... You know how they responded to that? Verse 22, next verse. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. And the word rebuke there is the same identical word that's used when Jesus speaks to demons. See, this is finger on the end of the nose. This is, hey, shut your mouth. Not going to put up with that. Well, I thought, Jesus, I thought he believed Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Oh, he does. He does. That subject, hey, they believe. We got that settled. 
They believe he's the Christ, the Son of the living God. The problem is they don't know what that means. They don't know the content of that. They don't know where that goes. And Jesus is trying to teach them not that he's the Christ, the Son of the living God, but the content of that thing. See, I'm Christian. Yeah. I believe in Jesus. Yeah. Hey, I'm faithful to the church. Woo. My name's written down. I'm going to heaven. Whee. Jesus is my healer. Great. But do you know the content of that thing? Do you know what that means in the day in and day out flow of life? Do you know what that means on the streets on Monday? Oh, I go on Sunday and feel the presence. Woo. But do you know what that means when you're arguing with your wife? Sorry I brought that up. Do you, do you know the depth of that thing? How that spills out? Do you know what the style of that is? See, the cross, folks, for Jesus was not just an event. It was an event. It was an event. I'm not knocking the event, not belittling the event, not Good Friday. Oh, thank God. Hey, when, I'm not take, don't take the sign of the cross. I, hey, I'm not knocking any of that. It was, yes. But it wasn't just an event for Jesus. It was a way of thinking. It was his nature. It was, it was the way he is. It's his perspective. It's the way he approaches everything. Oh, come on. You've got to see that. Jesus is the second member of the Trinity. He leaps off his throne and takes every advantage he has as God and sets it aside and becomes a helpless babe in his mother's womb who can't even care for himself. Messes his pants. Can't feed himself and doesn't know anything. What, what do you call that? Folks, that's this. That's a bleeding, suffering, dying, give yourself up, never think about yourself kind of stuff. Do you see that? So the cross didn't start here on Good Friday. It's way back. Whoa, he's leaked off. Man. And, it, then he, and, and, and follow it through. He didn't become, he didn't become a babe in, of, a, of, of a prince or princess or, or king or queen. Stables? Smell of manure? Cows? Peasant mom? Carpenter? See, he wasn't raised in, in Jerusalem with the big boys, the school, the guys who write the fat books, the doctors. Galilee. Fishermen. They read comic books. Listen to country and western music. They don't go to the opera. See, it's, you know, you look, don't you look at that and say, what is the deal here? Oh, it's this bleed, suffer, and die stuff. It's this never ever think about yourself. It's this, I'm not in this for me, I'm in this for you. It's not, hey, this is how can I help you, not what I, can I get out of it. This is, see, this is a thought process. This is a, this is a style. This is the style of the cross. This is the way it goes down. This is what he's into this bleed, suffer, and die thing. Again, don't you think it's significant that he does all these miracles and then tells the people he healed, don't tell anybody. Oh, come on. If I did a miracle, I'd say, tell everybody. 
Sunday night miracle night. Woo! Bring the crowd. Woo! And then I'd go on TV and charge you. Come on, I'm dead serious. But he does all this. Again, he feeds 5,000 people, men, besides women and children. So you got at least 20,000 people running around out there, full now, and doesn't even take up an offering. What is the deal? I mean, anybody who could do that could have a chain of wrestlers across the country and be a millionaire overnight. But see, that thought doesn't enter his mind. Because he doesn't think like that. That's not what he's into. That's not what he's all about. See, he's, he's about bleed, suffer, and die. This is about pour your life out. This is about never ever think about yourself stuff. This is about how can I help you. This is about give yourself up. This is about... See, look, look at the arguments that he got himself into. The arguments with the Pharisees. This is not ever attempt. The, the, the discussion with the rich young ruler. This is never an attempt to, I'll put you in your place. I'm smarter than you are. I know more than you know. See, this is not while you're, think, while you're talking, I'm thinking how I'm going to combat you. See, this is not that. This is how can I reach you? How can I get through to you? How can I weep over you as I wept over Jerusalem and said, Oh, how often I would have brought you in. Because this wasn't about winning. This wasn't about winning the argument. This was about your life. Changing you. Helping you. Is that the way you approach your arguments? God, I told them. See, this is, this is a style. Do you get that? See, the cross is not just an event. It's a way of living. It's the essence of his life. Well, I've been to the altar. Well, good. I remember the day and time. Hallelujah. I'm an evangelist. I'll try to get you here. I'm for that. But if it doesn't go into this, if it doesn't take up the style, if you don't kneel here and enter into a style, if his nature, does, if the way he thinks doesn't, the cross and its style so Peter took him aside and said no we don't want that absolutely not we're not into that now if you look carefully at verse 22 you'll discover that Peter's not saying we don't believe you're the Messiah do you, do you see it far be it from you Lord what he's saying is no, Jesus, you're the Messiah. We have no question with that. But you don't understand what a Messiah is. Well, Peter, what, what is the Messiah? What's the content of being Messiah? Oh, Jesus, you're, you're, you're powerful. You do these miracles. You zap people. And, 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 and what you're going to do is one of these days, pretty soon, you're going to get machine guns, hand them to us. We're going to go with you. Or you may do it on your own. But, hey, you're going to march right down to Rome and slap Caesar upside the head, grab him by... Wah, 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 wah. 
throw him against the wall and grab that throne and you're going to bring it down here to Jerusalem. You're going to set up the throne there and you're going to have tw- six on each side. We're each going to have a throne. You're going to have a throne. We're going to rule the world. Everybody's going to be scared to death of us and hey, nobody will be sick and hey, we'll have free food all the time and we'll all eat chocolate and not get, fra- uh, not get fat and, and our kids will all have straight teeth. It's going to be great. See, that, that's the content? You think that's what this is? That's not the content, man. I'm calling you to Philippi jails. I'm calling you to bleeding and suffering and die. I'm calling you to singing at midnight when your back is bleeding. I'm calling you to... What? Hey, I didn't get into this with that. I, got, I want a free ticket. I want... Hey, I want some... Hey, rescue me. I want money through the mail. See, this is a different thought process, isn't it? It's the thought process, the style of the crowd. And when Peter got done rebuking him, of course, he was representing, obviously, all the other disciples in the whole pattern. And Jesus turned in verse 23 and said, Peter, get behind me, Satan. Now, there's a whole study on that itself because Peter is speaking the mind of God according to you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And then Jesus said, hey, you got this right out of the mind of God. Now he's speaking the mind of the devil. And the contrast between the two is what? It's this, this cross style thing, this, this bleed, suffer, die thing, this, this give yourself up thing, this never ever think about yourself stuff. So on the one side, you've got, you're the Christ. On the other side, hey, you've got, your, your content is save yourself, build for yourself, think about yourself. And in the middle is this, this pour your life out thing that he's trying to draw them into and bring them into. And then Jesus gives a discourse. It starts in verse 24. And it goes down through verse 28. If you go on to chapter 17, verse 1 you will discover that it says now after six days. So the idea is that this discussion they're having, this argument they're having about this, went on for six solid days. So this was not, this, these five verses that he gives in verse 24 down through verse 28 or four verses, they're, they're not, that's not the whole extent of it. I mean, you know no preacher ever preached a sermon that short anyhow. So it, it couldn't be. See, this is, this is a synopsis. This is a summary. This is Matthew reaching out, grabbing a hold of it. And just they, they, This went on for six solid days. Jesus says, guys, you're not getting this. i got to communicate. i got to get you ready. You, you've got to buy into this because things are not going to go along as they've always gone along. You've got to get this. Look at verse 24. If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself. What? Take up his cross. What? Follow me. What? What are you talking about, Jesus? See, I want Jesus died for me and I get off scot-free. Woo! What is this? What are you? So you understand why they rebuked him. 
Because if Jesus is a bleeding, suffering, dying Messiah, and I'm aligning myself with him and embracing him, what kind of disciple am I going to be? See, my approach to life is, well, I, I've got my rights. Well, bless God, i got a right to my opinion. Well, yeah, I probably wasn't too nice, but I told him the truth. I earned it. I, could, I had a right to spend it. Hey, I have a right to, it's my life. See, all of that language and all of that thought process, somehow that doesn't fit. This is really radical, isn't it? See, that didn't fit. Can you imagine for the rest of your life, walking into every situation with your sleeves rolled up saying, I wonder how I can help here. Not, what can I get out? Not, how will I benefit? Not, well, what's good for me? Wouldn't that be a wouldn't that be an amazing congregation to have that would think like that? I'm going to such and such a church. Why are you going there? Oh, good kids program. Best youth program. Sermons are the shortest. See, that's so. See, do you come because, oh, listen, I, I, they, 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 this church gives me the platform to pour my life out and to really plug into community that I would never be able to otherwise. Oh, this church, I, 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 I go down there because I can, I, can, I can work on my friend and finally get him to come. And when he comes, who knows when he's going to come, but when he comes, I know it's going to be dead on and God's going to move and it'll be okay. And see, this, this is all about bleed, suffer, and die stuff. This is all about... Not how can you, well, think of this. I'm hurt. They hurt me. What? Can you see Paul and Silas in the flip ideal saying, I'm hurt. <laughs> what are you talking about? Do you see how selfish? Do you know when you say words like, I'm hurt. You've just hung a sign around your neck saying, I'm carnal. We know exactly where you are spiritually. That you're all wrapped up in yourself and you haven't bought into this. You've just displayed it. You put it into words. You aren't even embarrassed about it. That's shocking, isn't it? I'm hurt. Why are you hurt? Well, they didn't have a right to... Would you give up your rights? Give up your right to your opinion. Give up your right to go where you want to go. Give up your right to do what you want to do. Would you? Would you give up your right to your personality? Well, we've always done it that way. Would you give up your right to that? Well, this is the way I write. Would you give up your right to that? Well, this is the way I like it. Would you give that up? Just... Because maybe God wants to do something altogether different than what you like. This is awful, isn't it? 
And I'm not talking about coming to an altar and, okay, I'll give this right up. I hate it. I'm talking about getting so close and entering into his heart and taking on his nature until this is the way you are. You leap off your throne as being your own God and take on helplessness. You roll your sleeves up and say, this isn't about me, this is about you. How can I spill my life out and how can I minister to you and how can I help you and how can I save the day and how can I help, how can I, how can I make you look good and how can I, how can I, how can I. Oh. It's his style. The greatest abomination in the world may be a congregation singing on Sunday morning. Oh, to be like thee. While they fight over carpet and go around with hurt feelings. And have people they don't like. Okay, preacher, I'll be that way. No, you won't. Why? Because you can't just decide to do that. See, I've been so trained in guarding for myself, so trained in being all wrapped up in me, so trained in, see, I, I, I learned that in football. Kill them. See, I, can you imagine a football team saying, how could we let them win? <laughs> see, I, see, it just doesn't, see, all my life I've been taught this this, this, this grab for me and get for me and protect and guard and lock your door, man. And you just, hey, don't let him cut. Don't let him rip you. Uh, don't shoot there. Whoa. Uh, cross the, don't draw, cross that line. See, how am I going to change? See, I'm going to have to get the nature of Jesus, his, his thought process. Could Jesus literally move through the pores of my skin and get in my flesh and literally begin to Give me his perspective so I would see this. I'd begin to flow out of who he is. You don't suppose that all this time I've had a demonic nature. As nice as I am, that couldn't be true, could it? That I have a demonic nature that's all wrapped up in me and that God wants to dynamically, radically revolutionize who I am at the core. Oh, Jesus. This is a little hard to take, God. See, I don't mind some adjustment in my life to be better than I've been. I don't mind trying to be a better dad than I've been. I, I don't mind that. I don't, I don't mind going to marriage seminars and, 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 and retreats and trying to figure out how to be a better husband. I, I, I got some adjustments. I, but God, you're going after the core of my life.
It appears you want to change the whole way I think. You don't want to just pat me on the head and bless me. You want to radically birth me from the inside. Until I'm a new son. I'm a new creature. I'm a son. That walks like you walked. And thinks like you think. And and God I didn't have anything to do with the color of my hair. Or the color of my eyes. Or the, the, the length of my nose. I was fathered. Birthed. And if I'm going to get into who you really are and what you're all about, and you're going to have to birth me. Heads are bowed. Altars open for response. Seeking. Be careful. Crossbones, skull, danger, warning. This will mess up your mind. This will change your personality. This will put you in flip by jails. This will cause other people to get the praise and you won't. This is death. This is the loss of your life. This is the embracing of a new style. And if you're sick of living for yourself, this is for you. Oh, let me be the first. as I am. 
Bible, uh, by that passage that Dr. Banley just preached out of, um, I have written cross style, life in the midst of death. And I bet you a dollar I heard that from Dr. Manley somewhere along the line. It just says cross style, life midst of death and that's the style of the cross and that's Jesus' style and hence us who are called to be Christ-like disciples it would be ours as well this is a mouthful isn't it this is not this is not I'm going to leave and try harder this is not I'm going to do better next week this is just about a whole takeover of the way you think. And that's why it's called the spirit-filled life and the spirit-led 
life. So if you heard this today and you're going to walk out this week and you're going to try hard to be a better Christian, you didn't hear it. You can't be that better Christian. But he can be it through you. As Dr. Manley is fond of saying, he can be the source of that. Because let's be honest, a lot of the source of our Christianity is us trying to just be better. Can I give you a little um, taste of the next four messages? They're the same as this one. Different passage of scripture. Um, It'll be the same thing. Would you have a new birth that's so, so radical that it takes a death first? Life in the midst of death. 